Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Hallelujah. We're going to alter the normal flow of our service and we're going to go right into the Word and receive the offering after uh, the uh, message because I want to stay in that uh, uh, acknowledging who we are in Christ Jesus as we talk about the authority of the Word governing in our life. Hallelujah. John 17, 17. How many of you know that's one of pastor's favorite reference points? John 17, 17 says, Sanctify them by your truth. Thy word is truth. Hallelujah. So it's not a truth. It's not a truth among many other truths. No, the absolute truth. God's word is absolute truth. It is the basis upon which we found our lives. And it is what sets us apart. It sanctifies us in that it sets us apart and puts us in the victory zone. It puts us in the overcoming position. It puts us as more than conquerors through Him who loves us. It puts us in the position in Christ because we are acknowledging the truth. We have received and submitted ourselves to the truth. So he says the Word of God is truth. God's Word is absolute truth. Hallelujah. No matter what else is in consideration, the Word is concerning that matter to be true. Whatever I take the Word to, I will never come to the place where the Word does not apply and the Word is not in a a position of truth concerning that matter. There's always the option to say, what saith the Scripture? What saith the Scripture? That has to be our response when things come up that seem to be uncertain. What saith the Scripture? I had someone send me a video earlier in the year. And in this video was a, 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 a someone I'd never really heard of before. I don't think any, he was like on a national influential scale of any kind. But this person had had a vision and he'd posted it on YouTube and it became viral. And even some nationally known people were responding to it. But when it was sent to me, I went right back to what is it that the Holy Spirit has said through the voices I trust. Because while that may be applicable to some, that's not what he told me to be focused on. He told me that the move of God in the last days, we have what Smith Wigglesworth received as a prophetic word, what Brother Hagen received as a prophetic word, what Dr. Ed Dufresne received as a prophetic word. They were trusted voices in my life. And they all said that in these last days, the outpouring of God is going to be all of the previous outpourings joined together, that there was going to be the fullness of the nine gifts of the Spirit and the fullness of the nine fruit of the Spirit in operation, the fullness of the fivefold ministry offices and the full measure and impact and flow of the fivefold ministry offices in flow. That's what we're focused on, what, what God's doing, what God is doing. Amen? And so that then becomes 
our standard. It becomes our rallying point. It becomes what we give our attention to and our focus to. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 3. I want to read this uh, from the King James and then I will re- uh, also follow along with that with the Amplified because we've been talking about being governed by the Word. Governed by the Word. And it's not just a topic Uh, to preach on, when we begin to preach on something and stay on something, it's not just because we're trying to exhaust a topic. It's because we're trying to take this truth and, and get it manifested in our lives. We're trying to get it working. We want it to be workable for you. The purpose of you coming to church is for you learning how to take this word and walk right out of this building and put it to work just immediately activated in your life. Amen? And so Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 3 says, Who being the brightness of His glory, speaking of Jesus being the brightness of God's glory, and the express image of God's person, the same word used as substance in Hebrews 11.1, the express image of God's substance, you could say, Jesus is the express image of God's substance. That's why he could say, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He is the express image of all of the essence of who God is. He is the express or exact image of the substance of God. And Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Amen. Jesus destroyed him who had the power of death, that is the devil. Jesus is the will of God in action. If you want to see the will of God in any specific places, you can find the will of God three places specifically. You can find the will of God in the garden before the fall. You can find the will of God in Jesus' life. And you can find the will of God expressed in heaven. And what the Bible shows us about what is actively taking place in heaven. The will of God is taking place in those situations. There are things that happen in this earth that people say, well, it must have been God's will. But they, it isn't God's will. There are a lot of things that get tagged with God's will, but it's not God's will. It's not God permitting it. It's the curse in operation. It's there's a devil loose. It's the fact that there are evil men. There are things that happen that are... Uh, 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 absolutely contrary to the will of God, but when those of us who know the will of God and know how to stand for the will of God, we can take the word and we can we can position the word where our sphere of influence is and we can see the will of God come to pass in that situation. Amen? So when we recognize here that God's will is in the Word, Jesus, and in the written Word that we have, which is Jesus, we recognize He has given us access to His will. God's will is not mysteriously somewhere that maybe it'll come to pass and maybe it won't. God's will is accessible. God's will is applicable. God's will is something that I can tangibly take hold of with my spiritual hands, my tongue, the hand of my spirit, and I can bring it into manifestation in my life. Isaiah 55, he says, As the rains come down from heaven, as the snow comes down and waters the earth, it it, it does not return unto heaven without accomplishing. He said, As the rains come down, as the snow comes down, waters the earth and makes it bring forth. Do you see that? It makes it bring forth. Pull me up Isaiah 55. 
uh, 9. Hallelujah. It makes it bring forth and bud. As the heavens are higher, so are my ways higher than your ways, my thoughts than your thoughts. Verse 10. As the rain comes down, as the snow from heaven, and does not return in that same way, but instead it waters the earth and makes the earth bring forth, it makes the earth produce, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be. This is how God's word operates. It goes into our life and it causes production. It forces production. It, it brings the seed that will release the creative ability of God in that situation when the word, the word is the container for the ability of God, when the word is brought into manifestation with the heart and the mouth, it is applied to the situation. So he said, it will not return empty because God doesn't own an empty word. There's not a word ever uttered by God that is void of power. Every word of God is alive. Hebrews chapter 4.12 says it's alive and it's energized. It is active. It is full of power. Every word of God has the capacity to release His creative power into that situation. It says it will not return unto Him empty, but it will accomplish what He pleases, or you could say His will. The Word will produce the will of God. The Word will produce the will of God. The Word will cause the will of God to come into manifestation in your marriage. The Word will cause the will of God to come into manifestation in your physical body. The Word will cause the will of God to come into manifestation in your finances. The Word will produce it. He says, my word will accomplish my will. It will accomplish what I please and it will prosper. And the word prosper means to push forward, to come mightily against, to break forth onto something. So when we are dealing with, uh, with something coming against our lives and we pull the word out on it, the word begins to do the heavy lifting and the word begins to bring the power to come against it, to come against that thing. Just like he said in the book of Jeremiah that my word is like a hammer that breaks in pieces the rock. So the rock of most stubborn resistance, the Amplified says, the Word of God can come against it. And with every time the Word hits that stubborn rock, it compromises the integrity of the rock. The Word is never going to shatter. The Word is never going to break down. The Word is never going to fall apart because of the rock of stubborn resistance. But no matter how strong that rock is, the Word is stronger. If there was an integrity test, an integrity test can show you the difference between the strength of a metal. For instance, iron uh, in comparison to uh, copper. Copper is not nearly as strong or, or has, uh, does not have nearly the integrity that iron would have. Iron has a greater integrity. It is, it is of a stronger makeup, a stronger uh, component. So the Word of God, if you were to take everything in the entire universe and put it under the integrity test to find out what is the strongest element in the entire world the Word of God would come up as the greatest integrity. He said, my Word is established. 
My word is the rock upon which you can build your life. Jesus said, those who are hearers and doers of my word are like the ones who build their house on the solid rock. And no matter the storm, no matter the waves, no matter the winds that beat against it, that could not, could not, could not, could not, could not shake what is built on the rock. Because the word is of greater strength greater integrity so that nothing that comes against the word is going to break the word down. But everything you take the word and apply the word to, it will break it down. It will have to submit to the governing authoritative power of the word. And that's where we have to, we're learning about being word governed. And we've learned that all things are created by the word. That God created the word system and put it into place in the book of Genesis. He put the word system, he put the seed system, he put the authority system. They all work together. You can't really separate them and have the same effectiveness. But if you and I who are in Christ will recognize that we have the capacity to work those systems of God with the greatest effectiveness, greatest effectiveness because we're born again. Our spirits are alive. We can work the word. We can work the systems of God. Amen. And we can get the results that God intended for us to get, but we need to be skilled in the system. We need to be skilled in the application of the word. We need to be skilled with the word of God. And that takes the, the, the application of our, our doing it. The, uh, submitting to the word, learning how to put the word into our heart until there's a measure of fullness, knowing whether or not we are in a place of hope. If we're in a place of hope, we recognize that's important, but that's not where I want to stop. I want to continue until that hope turns into faith because faith gives substance to things that are hoped for. Hope is a necessary component, a companion of faith. It is like the thermostat on the wall. That thermostat is not bringing air into here. That unit outside is bringing air into this room. But that thermostat tells what air to bring. If I, if I want, if I'm hoping for it to become cooler, I'm going to go down and I'm going to adjust the thermostat and the thermostat is going to send a signal to the unit to bring, to bring something into being that's not in this room right now. Let's say, for instance, I wanted it to be 70. And I walked back there and it wasn't 70. Maybe it said 74, but I want 70. So I go back and I call for 70, but I don't have 70 yet. I don't have 70 degrees, but I want 70, so how do I bring it to 70? I call for it. I go and I program it into the thermostat. Hope is a thermostat. Hope is a goal setter. Hope will give the the blueprint. You can't live in a blueprint, but you need a blueprint to build. You need to be able to look at that blueprint to determine where things need to be, what dimensions they need to be. Amen? And in our lives, we need hope, Bible hope. Bible hope is earnest, confident expectation of good. That Bible hope, I bring that that hope that comes from the Word of God and it sets the blueprint, but then I keep mixing my faith with it. I keep mixing my faith with it and when I'm mixing faith with with, with the Word that is outlined in that hope schematic, that hope blueprint, then faith is the unit that is bringing into existence what I've been calling for on my thermostat. So we need hope. We need hope, but, but hope 
in itself is not a receiver. Hope is a goal setter, but it's a poor receiver. You can't receive with hope. Faith is the receiving component that God has given us. And so we've got, as we're being word governed, we have to be able to realize, am I in hope or am I in faith? Am I just desiring it or am I believing for it? Because there are a lot of good, well-meaning, God-loving people who say they're believing, but they're not believing. They think they're believing, but they're not believing. They're hoping. They're in a stage of building their faith, but they're not at the place of completed faith. They're not at the place where faith is full. And so that's why we've got to examine ourselves to determine if we be in faith. We've got to look and say, do I have joy and peace in believing? Isn't that the, an indicator for us? According to the book of Romans chapter 15, he says, the God of all peace uh, give you joy and peace in believing. Joy and peace in believing. So if I am in the process of faith, I'm not going to be crying about it. I'm not going to be worried about it, right? I'm not going to be fretting about it. I'm not going to be twisting my hands. I'm not, Pastor Steele, he wrote this in a book, so I'm not telling on him. He was, he was out on the deck one day praying, and the Lord said, why is your face all scrunched up? And he said, Lord, I'm praying. You know, but the fact that God asked him the question, why is your face all scrunched up like that? Can you kind of imagine what kind of voice that prayer was being prayed in? <laughs> oh, Lord. Lord. Oh. No joy, no peace. Are we believing? Are we believing? And so we've got to become skilled in the, in the believing, skilled in the applications of the word, skilled so that we are not deceiving ourselves like it says in James chapter 1 to be a hearer of the word only and not a doer of the word. Those people are deceiving themselves. And there's a lot of people, yeah, I know that. I know that. And they got the Christian bobblehead experience. I know that. I know, I know the Bible says by his stripes I'm healed. I know. I know I'm more than a conqueror through him that loved me. I know. No, but knowing isn't believing. Faith is not of the head, it's of the heart. And so we've got to, we've got to be honest enough with ourselves and spiritually aware enough to determine, do I have a full measure of faith in my heart for that? Am I at a place where I, can, where I am confident, where I am giving glory to God, where I am believing that I have already received it? If I'm not at that place, I'm not under condemnation, but I need to get busy. I need to be applying the word. I need to be feeding on the word because the word is the container for God's creative power. He says, going back to Hebrews 1.3, upholding all things by the word of his power. The Amplified says, upholding and maintaining and guiding and propelling the universe by His mighty word of power, by the, the word of power. Notice, upholding and maintaining and guiding and propelling. Hallelujah. The word will uphold your life. The word will maintain your life. The word will uphold your marriage. The Word will maintain your health. The Word will, will propel your financial situation. 
we've got to get the word in its momentum in our life. One time, Charles Capps went to the Lord and he said, Lord, it doesn't seem to be working for me the way it was working for me a year, a year and a half ago. I was, uh, he said, I, I was praying about it and I could just see it seemed like things were slower and, and happening. Things were not having the same effect. And I went to the Lord about it. And the Lord said to him, you're not doing what you were doing a year and a half ago. And he spoke to him in a, a terminology that he could understand because Brother Charles Capps was also a pilot. He flew his own planes. And he, he said, your declaration is like thrust to your engine. If you pull back on the throttle, you're still moving forward, but you're not gaining the same ground and you're not having the same projection forward even in your vehicle if you get in the car and you just put a little bit of pressure on the gas pedal you may be moving forward but you're not moving forward possibly at the speed limit that's available we, we don't want you going over that speed limit right <laughs> obey the laws of the land but but if you're just barely putting any fuel pressure on that, any pressure on that, that gas pedal, that fuel pedal, then you're, you, you're still moving forward, but you're not moving forward at the, at the capacity that you could. Amen? And the declaration of the Word of God, it's the application of the Word that gives us that moving forward, that taking ground. And so upholding and maintaining and guiding and propelling the universe by the mighty word of his power. Let's look at Ecclesiastes chapter 8. Ecclesiastes chapter 8 and verse 4. Praise the Lord. Where the word of the king is, there is power. And who may say unto him, what doest thou? The Amplified says, For the word of a king is authority and power. The word of a king is authority and power. God's words hold the authority over the natural laws that maintain this universe. God's words govern. God's words carry authority. God said, Let there be light, and light is still obedient to the word of God. Amen? So there are, that all of creation created by the Word will still respond to the Word if we become skilled in applying the Word. Hallelujah. The Word of the King has been granted to us. We have been delegated His Word. He has given us His Word. This Word of God is authority and power. It doesn't just carry authority and power. It is the final authority. The word, that's why Jesus said, Thy word is truth. Sanctify them by your truth. Thy word is truth. Thy word is the final authority in my life. Hallelujah. It is the authority that governs. This is what takes your life out of a place of chaos and puts your life in alignment with God's will. Looking at His word as the authority over my life. Giving His Word a place of honor that if I see it in His Word, I will change my opinion to match what He said. I will change my attitude to match what He said. That'll fix your marriage right there. Right? 
that I will change my, my behavior, my attitude, my actions, my thoughts. I want them all to line up with His Word because His Word is truth. And if I'm in line with the Word of God, I'm in proper alignment for the blessing. I'm in proper alignment for Him to rescue me. I'm in proper alignment for His, his salvation in every area. I'm in alignment for His victory. But if I'm, if I'm not in alignment with the Word, then I'm setting myself against what is His help, what is His rescue, what is His salvation. And so I want to submit to the Word, and then when I'm submitted to the Word, I want to learn how to bring those areas of my life to submit to the Word. Amen? When we read in Luke 4, Jesus in His ministry... Verse 32, it says, They were astonished at his doctrine, his teaching, for his word was with power. Now this word is the Greek word exousia. When we come to the New Testament, very often the English version of the New Testament uses the word power for two different important, this is important, two different Greek words. For instance, Jesus said, Behold, I give you power over all the power of the enemy. Two different words. I give you exousia over all the dunamis of the enemy. Why is that important? Because the first word exousia means the authority to govern. The the authority to govern. I give you the authority to govern any supernatural power of the enemy. So if the enemy has a curse, I have authority. It can't work against me. I break that curse. Right? Did did the enemy, the the Pharaoh, did he have magicians who had snakes? They took their rods, they threw them down, they became snakes. But God's man, Aaron, threw down the rod and it became a, a snake that ate up the other snake because God's ability is greater. God's power is greater, right? But he said, I give you authority to govern any supernatural power the enemy has. I give you authority to govern it. He didn't say, I give you supernatural power to govern or to to dominate over the power of the enemy. He says, I give you authority to govern any supernatural working the enemy might try to do. Hallelujah. 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 So if I've, given, if I've been given authority, then I can say what takes place. I can, I can say that's not happening here. Right? Is, is the, the importance of us Knowing who we are in Christ. The ability to stand and represent God's will in my situation, in my sphere of influence, it has to be done by spiritual equipping. It can't be done out of my head. It can't be done out of something I just know mentally. I have to have a fullness of faith that prompts me to say, no weapon formed against me shall be able to prosper. 
If I just say it out of my head, if I just say, no weapon formed against me shall be able to prosper, no weapon formed against me shall be able to prosper, no weapon formed against me shall be able to prosper, no weapon formed against me, and I'm saying it in fear, and I'm saying it out of my head, I'm saying it because I know it's in the Word, but I don't have a full measure of faith, then what's coming out of my heart is not fully equipped. It's like that first time I got those scriptures out and I began to say, I'm blessed going in. And I, it, it's like I, could, I knew it was coming out of my mouth like a feather and just kind of floating down to the ground. It was no, it's not going anywhere and doing anything. But I wasn't saying it yet for that purpose. I had to keep saying it until I developed the faith in my heart. And it was almost... 30 days, somewhere in that 30-day time of me every day speaking that scripture out of my mouth, somewhere along that way, a fullness came, a full measure of faith came. And when I opened up my mouth, I could sense it wasn't the volume that was different. It wasn't the, the inflection of my voice. It was the force I, I knew there was force coming out of my mouth. I knew there was faith coming out of my heart through my mouth. And, and, with it, and I knew everything has changed. Nothing looked any different. Nothing felt any different. But everything had changed because faith had come. Yes. And I will be honest with you. If you had to- asked me two weeks before if I had been in faith, I thought I was. I thought I was in faith. I would have said, yeah, I'm in faith. I was in the process of faith, but I had not yet attained a fullness of faith where that truth was concerned. But faith came by hearing and hearing and hearing as I was depositing the word in my heart throughout that time. There are, are two different levels that we are, are working when we are declaring the word of God. And the first level is a preparation stage. It's the developing level. It is... It is that speaking it to, for the purpose of getting it in my heart, speaking it for the specific purpose of aiming that scripture, sowing that scripture like a seed into my heart. And, and as I'm doing that, and I'm consistent in that doing of, of speaking it, speaking it, like Joshua 1.8, meditate in this word day and night. Uh, meditate, keep it, do not let this word depart out of your mouth out of your mouth don't let it depart out of your mouth it's muttering it to yourself it's speaking it I'm the head and not the tail I'm above and not beneath I'm always going over those who preach the gospel will live of the gospel and live well praise God we we, we are speaking the word for the purpose of developing it in the heart and then when a fullness comes we open our mouth and it moves out of our mouth into that situation it's faith-filled words that move mountains. It's not faith that moves mountains. It's not words that move mountains. It's faith-filled words. Jesus said to move the mountain, you've got to believe in your heart that those things you say come to pass. You've got to have words that are filled containers, just like every word of God is full of power. It's a filled container. For me to get my words full of power, I've got to pack the word into my heart. I've got to pack the word. And if I'll do that, the word will do the rest. That's my job. That's your job. We pack the word. We, we're hearing and doing, hearing and doing, hearing and doing the word. Hearing and acting on the word. Speaking the word. Hallelujah. 
It says his word was with exousia. This word power here in Luke 4, 32 is authority. His word was with authority. Verse 36 of this same chapter, it says they were all amazed and spoke among themselves saying, what a word is this? For with authority and power, now we have exousia and dunamis. With exousia and dunamis, he commanded the unclean spirits and they came out. So his word was a word of authority that activated the power of God. That's why God said concerning the Great Commission that you and I will preach the word and he will cause the signs to follow. He said these signs will follow those who believe. It says they went everywhere preaching the word and the Lord confirming the word with signs following. Why? Because they were preaching the authority of the king. They were preaching the authority of God, the authority of Jesus over sickness, over debt, over disease, over sin. They were preaching that Jesus has come and defeated death, hell, and the grave. Jesus was crucified, buried, and resurrected by God. Jesus is alive, and you and I can be seated together with him. We can be crucified together with Christ, buried together in baptism with him raised up into the newness of life and seated together at the right hand of the father hallelujah the authority is is preached the authority is declared and the might the dunamis follows he confirms the word with signs following hallelujah luke 5 24 luke 5 24 they were they were contesting that Jesus had said to this man as he was healing them that his sins were forgiven. And Jesus responded by saying, which one is easier? In verse 23, he said, what is it easier to say your sins be forgiven or to say rise up and walk? They're both easy. They're both easy. And they were, he then said in verse 24, but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority, exousia, upon the earth to forgive sins. He said unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto you, arise and take up your couch and go into your house so that you may know that the Son of Man... He didn't say the Son of God. The Son of Man. So that you may know that the Son of Man... The son of man. Why? Because I've been given authority as a man. I've been given authority as a man. A man born of God. A man alive unto God. Hallelujah. So that you may know that the son of man has authority, the right to govern exousia on the earth to forgive sins and to heal. Hallelujah. So the Word of God is the authority of God. The Word of God is the authority of God and it will govern our lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Luke 1, 37. Luke 1, 37. This is 
in the conversation that Mary is having with the angel who had come to explain to her that the Holy Spirit would overshadow her and the Son of God would be uh, conceived in her womb. And he said in this conversation, For with God nothing shall be impossible. With God nothing shall be impossible. The Amplified says, in the presence of God, I'm sorry, this is the Weiss translation, in the presence of God, no word shall be impossible. No word shall be impossible. The Amplified says, no word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. No word from God shall be without power. God doesn't own an empty word. Every word of God contains creative power in it. Every word of God contains ability in it. There is ability in the word. We've got to be skilled in the application of the word. Remember I told you this morning, this is not the sword of God. This is not the sword of the spirit in paper form. It's, uh, it's only the sword of the spirit when it's in my heart and in my mouth. It's, it's the word, the rhema. The word is, it, when it says the word uh, is... The, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, the rhema of God, the spoken Word. I can't take this paper into a hospital room and raise somebody out of the hospital bed. But I can take the Word in my heart and bring it out of my mouth and I can speak healing through my mouth to them. And this paper doesn't have... The words on this paper don't have the power intangible in themselves but the word in my heart and in my mouth does. God intended, this is the logos, the written word, and it's vital. This is how we get it in the heart. I, I've got to get it in my heart. If I came in here tonight with a gas can, and I said, I've got enough gas in this can to get however many miles, but the gas in the can's not going to get me there, is it? The, the, the gas in the can is not going to get me there. I've got to put the gas in the engine of my heart. I've got to put the fuel in the engine. The gasoline can be in a container. I can have a big, big container full of fuel, but it's not going to work until it goes into an engine that's connected to the vehicle to make the vehicle propel forward. This is the fuel. This is the engine. You've got to live full of fuel. You've got to tank up on the Word and the Word will propel. The Word will be the momentum. If you're, if you're in a specific need, if it's healing that you need, then you need to fill up on healing fuel. You need to fill up on healing fuel so that you can move your physical body in that direction, so that you can apply the manifestation of that medicine to your physical body. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's look here at another aspect of this verse. The word nothing is three words in the Greek. This phrase, nothing shall be impossible is, is, is a, a group of three words. So that if you were to take each one of these words and define it, it would say no, not, cannot. And then the next word is each, every, any, all things, everything. There is, it is no, 
No rhema from God. At, no word from, no rhema from God. <laughs> no word that has been spoken out of God's mouth. It is impossible that it could be, that, that it doesn't have the ability to be fulfilled. It is such an emphatic meaning in the original language. It is saying it is, it is impossible. It will never happen that there is a word of God, that you can locate a word of God, that you can search and find a word of God, and you can say, I found a word of God that is not capable of being fulfilled. I have found it. You will never find it. You will never find it. It's not possible. You will not be able to locate a word that God has spoken that is impossible to fulfill. If I've got the word on it, I've got God on it. I've got his will on it. That's why people who say they're in faith, but then they can't tell you what scripture they're standing on, they're hoping. Because for me to be in faith, I've got to have the word on it. For me to be in faith, I have to know what I'm standing on. I have to know what thus saith the scripture about that. I have to know I'm in faith because I have... I have withdrawn faith out of a specific scripture. I've, I, have, I have pulled out and, and accessed faith out of a specific scripture to get to the place of faith that I'm in. Hallelujah. If I haven't done that, I'm not at a position of faith. I can need it, I can want it, I can desire it, and I can be in an expectation that God's going to help me. But for me to be in faith, I've got to have what His Word, I have to have accessed and, and, and gained that faith from something God said. I heard Keith Moore give an example a, a few months back. He said, if you, if, if, if you came in and you said, I believe... Brother Keith is going to come mow my yard. And he said, if I've never told you I'm going to come mow your yard, then you're hoping, you're wanting me to do it, but you can't have faith that I would come and mow your yard because I never said I would come and mow your yard. And so like that dear sister who was believing God that she was going to be Mrs. Philip Steele. And she even came to the point, bless her heart. You know in the South when you hear bless her heart. Bless her heart. When she came up and told Pastor Steele, I had a vision from God that I'm going to be your wife, that you're going to divorce her and marry me. And Pastor Steele is doing this. While she's telling him this vision, he's like, come here now. She had no basis for that belief. She had no scripture to stand on. She was trying to call it into existence. She began dressing like I would dress. She went out and got her a red suit like I had at the time. And, and she started bringing presents. Angela was really little at the time. She started bringing Angela roller skates and all these presents and got her a new Bible and then like, I'm going to be your mommy or something. She was, she was trying to put her actions in line with her faith, but she had no basis for that faith, honey. She had no basis for that faith. No scripture to stand on. It was all, it was all presumption. <laughs> Faith 
faith comes from the Word. The Word contains the faith that we pull it out of the Word and it gets into our heart and it goes through that combustion and it gives substance to the things we hope for. It is a supernatural working. Let's look at Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. We have spent some time on the parable of the sower, and I want to move to the next parable following the parable of the sower. Let's read in verse 26. So is the kingdom of God as if a man should cast seed into the ground. Now because... We are familiar with the teaching from the previous parable, the parable of the sower. We would know what is the seed and what is the ground specifically that he is referring to. He identified to his disciples the sower sows the word. The word is the seed. And the ground would be the heart of the people receiving or hearing the word. And so he said, So is the kingdom of God as if a man should cast the word into his heart. So is the kingdom of God as if a man would cast the word into his heart. Plant the word into his heart. And should sleep and rise night and day and the seed would spring and grow up, he knoweth not how. The seed is growing while you're going on with your daily activities. The seed is beginning to produce in your heart while you are going on with that process. And this is where we want to become skilled in our faith to know that the Word is working because too many people, if they don't get it like a drive-through miracle, they think they didn't get it. And they think, well, if, the, if, I, if God gave it to me, then I should feel it. And if God gave it to me, then I should see it. Whoever told you to walk by sight? God didn't tell you to walk by sight. He said the just will live by faith. He said that we never walk by appearance. We do not walk by sight or never by appearance, one, one translation says. Never by appearance. I don't, I don't make my determinations if the word is working by appearances because that's not an accurate indicator that the word is working or not working. If you've ever read Christ the Healer, anybody read Christ the Healer? Read Christ the Healer if you haven't. Everybody, every believer ought to have a copy of Christ the Healer. Amen. F.F. Bosword made this statement in Christ the Healer. He said, it is, improbable, it, is, it is unreasonable to base your faith on uh, how you feel after prayer. Whether you feel good and you say, whoa, I got it. Why? Why do you say you got it? Because you feel better? Oh, that's the indicator that you've got it? That's unreasonable. That's unreasonable to our faith because faith has it whether I feel it or not. Faith has it. I have it. I have received. If I have hands laid on me, recovering is taking place. Lay hands on the sick and what? 
they shall recover. So my part, if I get hands laid on me, my part is to say I am in recovery. Recovering is going on. Recuperation is taking place now. I've had hands laid on me. I have received. If I'm taking it by the word, I take it by the word and say, by his stripes I was healed. I am the healed of the Lord. I began to move over into the possession of it. He said, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive and you shall have. Does it say believe that you, that you have it when you see it? Believe that you have it when you feel it? No, he said believe that you receive and then you'll have. Believe that you receive in that time of prayer. I have it now. You know, not too long ago, I ordered a pizza. And I paid for it online. And you know what? I didn't get on the phone and call them back and say, I need to order a pizza. I didn't call them back six times and say, "Uh, yeah, give me a veggie pizza. No, I already ordered it. I already made the, the, the transaction for it. My pizza's in their oven. That belongs to me. It's my pizza. And, and I like the Papa John's tracker that you can see on the map where it is. You can see them. They're, on, they're coming down my street with my pizza. Well, I don't see that pizza. I don't smell that pizza. I can't taste that pizza, but it's my pizza in the oven. And it's my pizza that they're putting in the box. And it's my pizza that they're climbing in the car with. And it's my pizza that's driving down the road coming to my house. It's mine. It's mine. I took possession of it when I made the transaction. And faith is the transaction that brings it into our possession. When I believe, I receive. That believing is the transaction that brings it over into my life. And by His stripes, I am healed. Not because I feel it. Not because I see it. Not because any symptoms change. But because I believe. Jesus already paid for my healing and I have received it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The word, the seed will be working while we are going on with our daily business. The earth brings forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear. After that, the full corn or the full fruit in the ear. But when the fruit is brought forth immediately... He puts forth the sickle because the harvest is come. So that word is coming in processes. That word is in a growth process. That word is in a stage of development in our life. That's why when I first started speaking those scriptures over my life, it just seemed like it was coming out of my mouth like a feather and falling to the ground. But I just kept sowing it into my heart, just kept casting the seed into my heart, casting the word into my heart, casting the word into my heart. And when it came to a place of maturity, it came out of my heart with a greater velocity, with a greater force, because it had reached a level of maturity that propelled our life in a whole different direction. Hallelujah. When Brother Caps, Charles Caps was praying, and the Lord asked him, what are you doing? And he was offended at first. He said, Lord, I thought you know I'm praying. And he said, you're complaining. And he said, he, he took him, he said, I want to work this in you, but I'm going to have to work, and I'm going to read to you from his book, Uh, God's creative power. He said, In August of 1973, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, If men would believe me, long prayers are not necessary. 
Just speaking the word will work what you desire. Just speaking the word will bring, I'm sorry, will bring what you desire. My creative power is given to man in word form. I have ceased for a time from my work and I have given man the book of my creative power. That power is still in my word. For it to be effective, man must speak it in faith. Jesus spoke it when he was on the earth and it worked then, so shall it work now. But it must be spoken by the body, the body of Christ. Man must rise up and have dominion over the power of evil by my words. It is my greatest desire, and this touches my heart every time I read it. God said to Brother Caps, It is my greatest desire that my people create a better life by the spoken word. God's greatest desire that his people create a better life by the spoken word. Hallelujah. He went on to say in that experience that he had with the Lord, that conversation he was having with him, that the Lord said, there are things I want to do for you, but your words have stopped my ability to work in your situation because you're agreeing with the enemy and you're saying what he says about your situation. And God instructed him to go find the scripture and then feed on that scripture, and then come back. He said, don't pray about anything you can't believe me for. And Brother Cap said, my prayer time's going to get really short. <laughs> if you're telling me I can't pray, he said, because I would just pray around the world. You know, I just pray, Lord bless all the missionaries in China, do bless this, and just general things that he didn't have a specific focused faith for. And the Lord said, don't pray about anything you can't believe me for. Go to my word. Find the word and feed on it and then come and ask me when you have a faith about it. Now, we, we look at that and we think, okay, and, and that's how he, he went and got a yellow legal pad and started writing out scriptures and he would take it out of his pocket while he was working during the day. He would get off the tractor and walk around uh, out in the field with that yellow paper and he would read it off to himself and then it got to the point that he was making copies of his yellow papers to pass out when he was doing teaching seminars and somebody finally said I think it was Buddy Harrison finally said let's make a book out of that and over one million copies have sold of God's creative power and it started with him just trying to pray effectively and receive from God effectively by writing the scriptures out on that yellow legal pad and meditating and putting them in his mouth and in his heart until he had a faith to receive those things. Hallelujah. Now, Brother Hagen got a phone call, actually a letter. They didn't, uh, he didn't do a lot of long distance phone calling. He got a letter. And his wife was telling him about something that uh, his daughter, Sister Pat, was having uh, a physical thing that had come on her. And so he said, he said, I didn't immediately pray about it. And I thought, Brother Hagen? <laughs> Wouldn't he just, just quote out the scripture right then? Just, say, just take it, you know, right by the neck and just, just, just deal with it? He said, I took the next three days. And I, while he was preaching on healing in the services where he was, but he said, I took extra time besides what I did for studying from my messages. I took extra time to feed on the word about healing until I had fed on the word. And then I, after that three days, I prayed 
and, sp- and sent the word to my daughter. That he took the time to feed on the word before he released his faith. He took the time to draw out of the word. The word is the container. He went to those healing scriptures that he had been feeding on for years, that he had been preaching on for years, but he didn't take it out of his knowledge that was in his head about those scriptures. He went to the scriptures, he looked at the scriptures, he quoted those scriptures out loud to himself, and he drew, he, he, he pulled the faith that he needed to release for his daughter out of those scriptures, he pulled it out for himself. Do you see there's a difference between just using the knowledge I have in my head and a faith in my heart? He went and accessed the faith, put it in his heart, and then he brought it out and believed for her healing. Amen? I want to share an example that has... um, Probably you may have heard it before, but I'm going to share it with you again. Um, turn with me to Job 41. Job 41. There was a family in Scott Webb's church in Birmingham, Alabama. A young mother had her baby set on the kitchen table. She was cooking hot grease on the stove and a fire started in the grease and smoke. And so to pull the smoke out of the kitchen, she grabbed that pan of hot grease and turned around to go to the door of the trailer. And when she did, that hot grease poured over onto the baby in the carrier on the table, taking the skin off of its body. They immediately, the church found out, and some of the people who had been praying with that family uh, came up and one of the people was Scott Webb's mother uh, and she, they, they first of all got into a place of agreement where the vital signs were because they said, what's the first thing? Well, the baby had suffered such bad burns to its body that they had to, uh, first of all, utilize their faith to believe for their vital signs just to get that baby in a place where they could treat it. They got the baby to a place where the vital signs were stable and they could start looking at different options and the doctors came up with nothing. They said this child has been burned over so much of its body, there's nothing to do a skin graft with. There are things that are melted off this child. There are things this child, they began to say this child will never have a normal life. It probably won't live. If it does live, it's not going to have a normal life. It'll never be able to get married, never be able to have children. All of them probably not be able to, to function in school as a normal child. They were saying all of these things. And, and each time they would say, well, what do we need to work on first? And so when they came to dealing with the skin, they said there are no skin buds left on this child's body. It's like going out into the front yard and, and grazing off all of the grass down to two or three inches down into the dirt. There's no, no pad of grass for grass to grow back into. There's no skin buds left on this child's body for us if we did a graft for it to even work correctly. 
And they said, you need skin buds? We need to believe for skin buds. And the doctor said, no, no, you can't. The skin buds just don't come back. We can't believe for skin buds. You know, they thought they were nuts. But the, the church family got a hold of that. We need new skin. We need skin buds. And so they're believing for skin buds. And the Lord brought Sister Webb to this verse here in Job 41 and verse 23. It said, the flakes of his flesh are joined together. They are firm in themselves. (laughs) They cannot be moved. Now, in context, this is a verse talking about Leviathan. But the Lord directed her to this verse, and they began to quote this verse because what it said was what they needed. The flakes of his flesh are joined together together. They are firm in themselves. The skin is firm. The flakes of his flesh are joined together. They are firm in themselves. And the Lord gave her this verse and they began to quote this verse. And one day the doctors came in and and were to their shock and surprise, their amazement, there were skin buds forming. They'd never seen skin buds reform on, this, on, this, on a, a burn like this, and they were shocked because the Word governed that situation. The creative power of the flakes of His flesh are joined together. They are firm in themselves. They took that and pulled the ability of God out of that and, and saw skin buds form. You know, Brother Copeland... He uh, had believed for a number of years for a certain plane, and when they got that plane, they were out on one of their first uh, 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 meetings to go fly, and they called Brother Copeland as he was coming back from the meeting. He was in the car, and the the pilot called and said, we can't get the door open. We can't get the door open. It won't open. And the only thing that the manufacturer says is that they can come out and drill a hole. He said, we are not drilling a hole in this plane. We are not drilling a hole. And he said, he just leaned back in his, in his chair and he said, Lord, what do I do? And he began to pray in the spirit. And the Lord said, all things work together. Well, we know that scripture is talking about us praying in the Holy Spirit. All things will work together for them who love God, for them who are called according to his purpose, that the Holy Spirit is working. But the Lord gave them that scripture. The Lord said, all things work together. And so he started quoting it. All things work. All things work together. All things work. Those locks work, that opens. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, I'm, I'm giving these natural examples, some very dramatic, but in the, the dealing with things in our life, situations in our life, the Word will govern We have to apply the Word. That's why when we're dealing with something, we don't want to just jump out and just start just slapping scriptures out there off the top of our head. Just back up and say, Lord, how do you want... What do I say to this? How do I answer this? Check right here. Just pull right down here in your spirit and pull up the wisdom and He'll give you... And it may not be the first thing that you would have thought of in your mind that you needed to quote about that situation or the scripture that you needed to stand on about that situation. But it will be the one that governs that situation. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. The Word governs. The Word has authority. The Word has authority. The Word has authority. The Word has authority. The, the Word is the authority over our life. So when things happen and it's not in line with the Word, stand up against that in your life. I'm talking about in your sphere of influence. No, no, that strife's not going to dominate here. No weapon formed against me will be able to prosper. Every tongue that rises against me in judgment, I will prove it to be wrong. Hallelujah. Raise up the standard. Raise up the standard against it with the Word. The Word is the standard that we raise up because it's the Word that has the integrity to stand against that rock of most stubborn resistance. Amen? Hallelujah. Would you just lift your hands right where you are? We love you, Lord. Thank you for your word over our lives. Thank you for your word that does not return unto us empty. Just like it does not return to you empty, Lord, it won't return to us empty. When we speak your word, it will accomplish what you please in our lives. It will have the effect in our life that you desire for it to have. It will come mightily against every adversity in our life. Hallelujah.